just what I said. Didn't I just say it? Things happen, and we just have to roll with it. There we go. So, all right. Can we make... I see we're also showing the call to hear and do the word. Can we get that gone? All right. So, I had shared a few weeks ago that I was in a series of uh, the, the Next Generation... And so this actually came a while back as I was speaking with someone about how far we have come with the Disciple Center and remembering how back in 2000 we were just going through the basics of everything and trying to re-learn um, things from the Scripture and get rid of the Sunday schoolization that we had grown up with because it wasn't scriptural at times. And so, that person said, you know what, I think it would be good to get back to the basics. And I thought, why not? With this next generation coming up, I know I even lean quite a bit when I get back to the basics of what the Lord has for us. And so, um, we're going to get back to some of the basics today and look at those scriptures. And so, I came up with counting the cost and taking up your cross. And one of the reasons I did that was because we are in that season of where we start to look at baptisms, and I wonder why my pastors just wanted me to make a confession of faith, get baptized, and then didn't tell me that I needed to think about the cost it was going to cost me from that point on, from 12 years old to now I'm 47. And so those are things that you need to be aware of as you're growing up, that there's always going to be a cost for following the Lord. We're going to look at that. Um, if you guys want, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13. Now, one of the basics that I want to um, talk about is the eyes and ears that God gives us to hear and to see. You see, because um, even Christ teaches about this. And he pulls this chapter um, in the Bible, talks about how Jesus talks about having eyes to see and ears to hear. <clears throat> and it says in chapter 13 of Matthew, verses 13 through 17, put on the right glasses here, because as you get older, you have to count the cost with bigger glasses. It says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of the people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears, because they hear. If the Lord has given you a heart, you see there, it talks about the heart of understanding. That is the first piece before I can get into counting the cost. God has opened the eyes and ears of the believers. There's a whole world out there. It's not us versus them, but there is a lot of people out there that don't have eyes to see. A lot of times people say, well, I'm reading the same scripture that you are, 
And they think, well, okay, well, maybe you have special glasses on. I'll put these glasses on. Can I see it now? They're not looking at the inside. That's what God wants. God's working on your inside. Sometimes people say, well, maybe I still have the wrong glasses. And in my case, as I get older, maybe I need a magnifying glass. This really does help. Kara just got it for me. So, right? I didn't need this when I was younger. But the Lord continues to work on my heart. And He continues to reveal new things if we look to a scripture for guidance and direction. Let me give it to you this way. When you were younger and you needed the foundations of math, and you needed to look at what was 2 plus 2. The teachers taught you 2 plus 2 equals 4. Now, what if I told you 2 plus 2 equals 5? Would you argue with me? Some of that new math says some crazy stuff. But we know from the context of the scripture, 2 plus 2, or the scriptures tell us what to do and be guided by. It's not about putting on certain glasses. It's about asking the Lord to reveal things to you and you trusting in Him. So for this context of bearing your burden, bearing your cross, I'm going to assume that the Lord has revealed to you and given you eyes to see and ears to hear. As we turn over to Luke 14, I'll give you guys time to turn over there today. Jesus himself talks about taking up your own cross and counting that cost before you do it. As I said before, I didn't have a pastor that said, hey, before you make this choice, you really need to think about your journey through life and some of the stuff that you're going to have to follow isn't going to be easy because you're going to have to take the right turn instead of going with all the others around you that go on the left-hand side. See, Luke 14, Jesus points it out to us about counting the cost. And in so doing, in verse 28, he says, For which one of you, when he wants to build a, a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish all who observe it began to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Think about that. God wants you to look at your life. What you're going to go through. Can you imagine if I start a renovation in my house and I don't look to the end and see everything it's going to cost me to get there? I could still be renovating my house ten years later because I ran out of money. I know Kara would not like that. We have to count that cost. And in the same way, the kings also counted the cost before they went out to war. And so we pick up here again in 31 through 32. It says, Oh, what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter one coming against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. You see, that king is wondering, and this happened quite a bit in the springtime after all the rains had happened. 
the king from this territory would come out against this king over here, and they would fight to see which one would take both of them. But this king over here, if he looks and goes, I can't take them. Send my servants and go, go make peace with them. Ask them what they want so we don't have to go and fight. In the same way, guess what? Your cross is not my cross. I don't work where you work. I work where I work. And so we have to look at that, evaluate what's going on, and count the cost of following Christ. Because look in verse 27 of the same chapter, going back to it, Jesus says, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. A lot of times our journeys go different paths, and yet we meet together on a weekly basis, but our crosses, as um, I have been looking at, they're not all the same. And so we need to be with our brothers. We've got to follow and support them, but their burden and their cross to bear is not ours. And yet we come alongside them and support them through that process. We need to learn how to one another in that way. So Jesus, <clears throat> in that way, spoke to the crowd saying, Count the cost and take up your cross. Alright. We must pray for our brothers and sisters, come alongside them, but their cross we cannot carry for them. It is theirs to bear. As a pastor, this can be very difficult, as some expect us to bear their cross or make it easier. But all we can do is help guide, then allow them freedom to choose. Perhaps they will hit a bump in the road with a bad choice, but that, that is a learning experience that hopefully they will learn from in the future. You see, in the same way, we also have to make sure that we're being guided by the Holy Spirit, but it's also aligning with the Scripture. We're going to turn over to Matthew 16 now. We're going to look at somebody that was being guided by the Almighty Jesus, who actually was walking with Him, but He wasn't. He didn't have His focus on that of heaven. As you know, Peter has a strong personality. And if he thinks you're doing something wrong, he's going to try to correct you in it. Can you imagine being Peter and trying to correct Jesus? That would be a hard place to be. But here we do see that. We see Peter here in chapter 16, verse 21. Jesus is talking and he says, from the time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up from the dead. He's telling them what's going to happen because they didn't understand in previous scripture um, what was going to happen. So now he's deliberately telling them that he's going to go to Jerusalem and die. Peter says, takes Jesus aside and says, what's it say here? He began to rebuke him. Wow! Can you imagine rebuking your dad? I can't imagine rebuking somebody I fully respected, and yet here Peter is. So we know that there's a heart situation going on here. And he goes on to rebuke him, and he says, God forbid it, Lord! This shall never happen to you! Wow. 
we better get in line with what God wants for us. Because Jesus turns to him and says, Get behind me, Satan. Your mind. You are stumbling blocked for me. For you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. That's an important point for all of us to take. We've got to put our heart and our mind in line with what the Scripture says and in line and asking the Holy Spirit to be with us in that way. They, most, they both must align with each other. I also pray each of you can watch others and learn from their mistakes. That's an important piece I've learned over the years, rather than through your own mistakes. We all have kids. I was one of them for a period of time. I had to learn the hard way myself. But yet, if you take a step back and learn from others, you won't go through the same problems. Parents and elders, this is something that Pastor Bruce has been talking about in his series that he just concluded. Parents and elders can guide the next generation or their child so that they will not get into as much trouble, but they really have to allow you guys, you, to make your own um, problems and go through them. We can't solve your problems. And hopefully... By, if you are going on a path and you've got to make one choice and you're not looking to the scripture and you're not taking the talent and the blessing that God has given you and using it for His glory, but you're like, I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it for myself and um, for my own purpose, God's going to correct you. And yet all we can do as parents and as the next generation at some point, because you will become adults, is take a step back and continue to pray that you get back in line with God before He corrects you to the fullest extent. As Pastor Bruce has talked about how God corrected him as well. And so, um, we pray that you don't have to go through those hardships, that you can follow in your parents' ways and follow in the ways that uh, are going on when you make those choices. But your parents also should be talking to you about the struggles that they've had when they made the wrong choice and following their own desires and not the Scriptures. Alright. So we see Peter here. He has a heart problem. Jesus had to correct him. And so, in Second Samuel, we see some men that actually are following in the ways that David, King David at the time, um, wanted them to do. And so, I know for many of you, some of you out there in Zoomeria, I mentioned that I was going to be shaving my beard at some point during this sermon. And so, uh, and you guys know that I love illustrations. And so, we come to the point where we see some people that are following what their master or their boss have to say. And so, during the time where David was running around and having to get away from Saul, and he was continuing to strive to follow the Lord... um, I will read a passage in Psalms right at the end today that talks about this. But you should also know that even when following the Lord, the world is going to mock you. The world is going to persecute us. And Jesus talks about this in the Scripture as well. And we'll go through those trials. And yet He uses those trials to refine us for His glory. And how blessed that is. 
And so do me a favor, turn it over to 2 Samuel. Know this, though. Even whenever we are aligned with Christ, if we're aligned with the Scripture and we're being led by the Holy Spirit, God can use these trials for His glory. And so, in 2 Samuel chapter 10, it says, Now it happened afterwards that the king of the Ammonites died, and Hanum, his son, became king in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanan, the son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. Now, get this. This is interesting. I looked, I looked all over the scriptures. Where did Hanan show kindness to David? That's about it. We can't find a whole lot in the scriptures. But I do know that David would go from place to place and he would find... Um, Kindness from and refuge in certain spots, and so obviously he found it here. The interesting thing is, he even found kindness in um, the area where, with the people of Goliath. He had slain him, and he still found refuge in that area during his time of running from Saul. So, here we see, I will show kindness to King Hanan, the son of Nahash just as the Father showed kindness to me. So David sent some of his servants to console him concerning his father. But when David's servants came to the land of the Ammonites, the princes of the Ammonites, so they didn't have a good relationship with Israel, maybe for good reason, maybe King Saul actually and him had went up against each other, so they're not too trustworthy, they don't trust um, the Israelites, but David is trying to honor what his father had done. But the princes of that area persuaded. And we have to be aware of other people that are around us, right? Because they can persuade us to go against what the Lord's intentions are. Pastor Bruce mentioned that last week as well in some of the Q&A. We have to be aware of what's going on. Is it drawing us closer to the Lord or is it drawing us away? And so some relationships may have to be um, cut back on as well if they're drawing us away or activities in and of themselves as well. We want to be drawn to the Lord. So, the, um, the princes of the Ammonites in um, verse 3 said to Hanan, Do you think that David is honoring your father because he has sent consolers to you? Has David not sent his servants to you? in order to search the city, to spy it out and overthrow it? Hmm, persuading him in the wrong direction. So Hannah took David's servants. Uh-oh. He shaved off half of their beards and cut off their garments in the middle as far as their hips and sent them away. Now, i got to keep this a G-rated thing. So I can't have my pants cut and all that. But I thought, how do I illustrate getting the beards cut and I had this sermon coming and I was supposed to shave back on Leah's birthday about a month ago and I thought, it would be crazy if I do that. And so I ran this through Karen. She goes, that's something nobody else would forget. So my girls are going to come. They're going to be from the Ammonites and they're going to put out a cloth here. You evil people of Ammonites. And they're going to get to shave half my beard, and I will finish the sermon with just half a beard. 
Now, afterwards, now, can I get a hand of anybody that likes the beard and would like me to keep it? Oh, yeah, okay, I get How many of you live with me? All right, I don't have any more hands up, so I have to go ahead and shave it here. I can imagine that these servants of David are like, what is going on? We came here to console you, to support you, and yet you're going to humiliate us. You have to remember, as we bear our own cross, we count that cost and bear our own cross, there's going to be times where we're humiliated. I think about even my job. There's certain things in today's world that I'm not going to be able to do, and I have to hold that line. And I trust that the Lord will continue to provide for my family at some time, if that ever crosses. But I think um, the Lord will provide us ways whenever that time comes. You evil Ammonites, you're ready for this, aren't you? All right, so the servants of David came to the land of Amnon. You know I was trying to comfort your king, and now you guys are performing this. Too bad, put on your bib. Put on my bib. Do I have any volunteers that want to do this after the sermon on the other side? Sure. Sure? All right, come here. Let's see. You go down. You got it? One side. Nope, just like this. Oh, this is great seeing your face and your reaction. Alright, let one of your other evil princesses princesses from Ammonites shave keep shaving. That's a lot of hair, huh? I think Pastor Mike and Miss Robin are glad I have this down there. Alright, let Becca do the rest. I'm trusting you. I'm going to take off this guard. Is that good? Do I look silly yet? A little bit? Is your queen from Ammonite ready to come and finish this up? Wow. Oh, I can see it. By the way, I shaved last night. Mm-hmm. Does it still go down? Yeah. Boy, your neck. <laughs> no, he's not. Linda's like, nope. <laughs> All right. All right, that's good enough. That's a lot of hair. That's a lot of hair. Half of it. Half of it's gone, huh? I know. That's, that's half of I'm glad I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> Thank you.
see. There we go. Is that better? Thank you. All right. Do I look weird? Yeah, I look weird. Okay. Well, you know what? That's okay because David's servants, it says when they told it to David, um, he sent to meet them. The king came to meet them. For the men were greatly humiliated. And the king said, stay at Jericho until your beards grow and then return. So I have to go off to a spa now for a few weeks. No. But the king sent to meet them. He cared about them. God cares about you. He cares about me. He wants us to trust Him. Even when the world is going to make fun of us, He wants us to follow His ways because He knows the outcome of the end. And those people do not have ears to see. And they do not have ears to hear and eyes to see. And so, as I said, King David came, talked to him, and saw how the humiliation went. And even in Psalm 86, as I read through this, you can see David's sorrows and his struggle through life. And yet, towards the end of this chapter, in verse... um, So again, chapter 86, verse 14, you can see David say, O God, arrogant men have risen up against me. And a band of violent men have sought my life. They have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. Turn to me. Be gracious to me. O grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Lord, They've done all this to me. What else should I be able to do? I have to turn to you. Show me a sign for good in their midst. That those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. The only way in those trials and in those tribulations that we go through, we're going to feel that anguish. We're going to feel those emotions. Just as that whole chapter is filled with this, and it's good to memorize to tell you the truth as I was preparing. But yet, we know that we can rest in Him. We know we follow His ways. And so, I encourage you, as you prepare to take on this faith as your own, count the cost knowing that there's going to be times where you look silly. Maybe not where you look silly in your preaching like I am up here. But there's going to be times where you look silly because you're following God's ways and not your own and not the ways of the friends around you because you're following the scriptures that you know and you've been taught throughout your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you now. Your scriptures reveal whether we should go to the right or to the left on quite a few 